Hello and welcome to the First Baptist Church of LaGrange. What an honor it is to have you listening to our church broadcast today. We hope that as you listen along, following in your Bible, that you experience the grace and presence of Christ just as strongly as we do every Sunday in our worship service. May God truly bless you as you listen. And what a blessing last week was. I don't know if you were here, uh, but man, last week just truly touched my heart. Again, I truly sense even today through spontaneous things that are happening that the Lord is at work, and I uh, just want you to kind of know that and sense that. Um, I, I kind of have one question for you, and those of you who, man, you know how to answer this, I really, I really need it, but, but are y'all ready? Bring it. There you go, man. There you go. We're going to bring it, man, this morning. Um, so, so one of the aims in the series that we're currently in, you can see it kind of behind me on the screen there, is, I mean, I hope that all of us through the, this series would, would have deepened our relationship with God and deepened our relationship with one another. If I were to really let you in, one of the deepest hopes that I have for our church, I would say it like this, and, and I went before the Lord and just said, Lord, how could I summarize this to our people? If you don't know what, what I'm doing right now, this is where I just vulnerably disclose to you what I'm really thinking. I would hope that we would truly experience the love of God in Christ, that we'd experience God at the point of his word, and that we would truly engage in love for one another. And so now that, now that I've got preacher talk out, let me tell you what I would really say. I want our church to be a womb-like, W-O-M-B, like a pregnant lady has a womb. I want our church to be a womb-like place in this way. This is my heart, that this church would be a safe place where every single person will be free to share their deepest, darkest fears their grossest sins, their evil thoughts, their disgusting deeds, their perverse questions, their deep concerns, and know that after all that, they are still loved, encouraged, believed in, supported, comforted, accepted, and yes, pointed to Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit for any help that he would want to give them to overcome, change, or repent. I mean, I want this place to be a place where we could actually live out one of our values is this, that real people are, are real here. That this would be a place where it would be okay for you not to be okay. People wouldn't try to fix you. People just try to love you and let Jesus fix you if you need fixing. I'd want this church to be a place where we didn't have to fake it until we make it. <laughs> that we would be a family that locks arms and walks in brokenness together, but yet at the same time walking from victory, not for it. I really, I want the world to know that we're his disciples, as Jesus said, by the way we love one another, despite our hurts, our habits, and our hangups, despite our sins, our setbacks, our strongholds, or our struggles. 
that we wouldn't give up on each other, that we would just keep going to Jesus together. Then, out of the overflow of that kind of love, <laughs> we could go reach LaGrange. That we could reach the state of Texas, the United States of America, and yes, even people living in the Dominican Republic, which we'll go to this July. But that we would go love them, not with fear tactics, <laughs> not with guilt, not with manipulation, but from a deep love which just compelled us to love them. It's said in John 13, 34 this way, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another as, as how? <laughs> so how did Jesus love you, see? Was it at your best or really at your worst? Did Jesus come to you with all that guilt, manipulation, and fear tactics, or did Jesus just come to you with a still small voice that says, hey, I love you, and I want to forgive you? Jesus said that, that you would also love one another, and by this, I will know you're my disciples if you have what, church? Love for, for who, though? one another. And we've been demonstrating some of that here this morning, haven't we? Haven't you seen some of that love taking place? Isn't it beautiful to watch the church love one another? See, that's how we know that we're, we're starting to get it. <laughs> we so desperately need more of this is that. Let me explain that to you. In the, in the New Testament, we read off the pages and we see how they love one another. And we're like, well, that's, that's something cool, but we need more of what's happening this morning when, when a singer comes down off the stage and, and hugs a precious little girl. We need what? We need more of, well, that's what was talked about back then, but, but that's, this is what it is now. This is that. We need more of those moments in our church. This right here is what, what we're talking about. When we, Miss Peggy, when we can just love you and honor you and get, you get to be here. When the church says, oh, no, man, that's what they were talking about. Yeah, this is it. This is that. We need more of that. And that's what this series is hoping at its bottom line. That's what we're trying to do is to teach us how to be loved and love God. Yeah, the overflow, love one another. That's what we're going after, guys. So by way of reminder, the Bible has already told us really how to do this. And the Bible speaks in terms of relational needs. That's kind of what I call it. You can call it what you call it. But fundamentally, principally, we will come down to the same thing. The, the Bible says, like in Romans 15, 7, as we preached about last week, that we should accept one another. That is a relational need of acceptance. We all have it. We all need it. The Bible talks about the relational need for affection, and that's why the Bible says to greet one another. In Romans 16, 16, it says, greet one another with a holy kiss. It's talking about affection, that when we see each other, there should be affection in my heart that wants to show you affection. The Bible says to build up one another. That's the relational need found in Ephesians 4 of approval, to, to build up someone, to approve of them and their character. The Bible says that we have a relational need for attention. That's why it says in 1 Corinthians 12, 25, that we should care for one another. We have a relational need of encouragement. 1 Thessalonians 5, 11 says to encourage one another all the more. 
Bible says in 2 Corinthians 1 and 3 and 4, it says to comfort one another. We have the relational need of comfort. So last week in this series, we looked at the relational need of acceptance. This morning, you probably already have an idea where we're headed. We're going to talk about the relational need of appreciation this morning. <laughs> so let's start. Let's just kind of dig in. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Ephesians, and we're going to kind of use this to kind of set Set the pace, and then we're going to go somewhere where we're actually we see this happening in the life of Jesus. So it'll be on the screen behind you. I just want you to look there. Ephesians 5. I'm going to start reading in verse 15. I'll give you just a second to kind of turn there. Galatians chapter 5, verse 15. The Bible says some incredible words. It says this, therefore, be careful how you walk, not as what, church? Unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. So then don't be foolish, but but understand what the will of the Lord is. Don't get drunk with wine. For that is dissipation. But be filled with the Spirit. When you're filled with the Spirit, here's some things that start to happen. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father. And be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. Notice the context there. The Apostle Paul is writing to the church of Ephesus from prison. He's on house arrest. And he's reminding them of their position in Christ in heavenly places. And because you've been positioned in Christ in heavenly places, the practicality of that should impact the way that you live for Christ here. He says to walk in wisdom. He says to walk wisely, investing your time wisely. He says to walk wisely, avoiding the abuse of alcohol. He says to walk wisely, speaking to one another with joy to the Lord, but also speaking to one another with gratitude, giving thanks for everything. And then he says walk wisely, relating to one another in submission and out of fear to the Lord. What I'm going to do this morning is I just want to zoom in at that speaking to one another and giving thanks. In other words, when we are giving thanks for one another, we're really expressing appreciation. So what does it mean then to meet the need for appreciation? See, if we didn't have that need, the Bible wouldn't command us to give thanks. If we didn't have the need, the Lord wouldn't say to give thanks for one another. But because we do, and God knows that, he tells us, this is what you do. So what is the need of appreciation? What's met by expressing thanks or praise or commendation, particularly in recognition of someone's accomplishments or their efforts, what they have done or what they are doing or what they will do. Appreciation is experienced when somebody recognizes your accomplishments. They recognize your efforts. Or again, they notice things that you're doing, the things that, that you have, have done. 
In marriage, it's noticing and verbalizing that a wife or a husband, what they do, and just telling them that you've noticed and that you're thankful. It's looking for the best in people and pointing that out rather than looking at their flaws. Appreciation could sound like this, not just in marriage, but but anywhere, practically. Hey, you know what? You did a terrific job on the yard. Thank you for working so hard to make our yard beautiful. Hey, you know what, son? You played a, a great game last night. Thank you for giving your absolute best. I see the extra effort you put in. That's appreciation. So let's kind of take some principles there from what we've read, and let's just just widely kind of disseminate them into three thoughts. Is that okay? You okay with that? If we do this in three thoughts, is everybody all right? Well, I'll wait. All right, now we know, you know, I asked a question and you didn't answer. Here's the first thing, guys. Man, appreciation begins, this is crucial. Appreciation begins in your heart to the Lord. That's where it starts. Matthew 22, the Bible says this. The Bible says, and he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. Okay, so you got that. You've heard that a lot around here. But how do we do that? But how do we practically express love to the Lord with all of our heart each day? How do we do that? One of the ways, I'm going to tell you, not the way, but one of the ways is to really do this. We found it in Psalm 100, verses 2 and 4. Serve the Lord with, and come before him with what? We've been doing that, right? But then it says something else, to enter into his gates with what? And enter his courts with what? Giving thanks to him, bless his name. Do you see that? You see, one of the ways that I can love the Lord would be to express my appreciation to him, to give him thanksgiving from a joyful heart that's full of gratitude, let me just give you a news flash for something that's going to be coming a little bit earlier. We live in a society that is the battle right now for what I'm calling culturally. I picked this up from somebody else. It's not my own thinking, but I agree with it. Here's the deal. Today, our society is battling against two philosophies. See if you don't think that I'm right on this. We're battling the difference between gratitude and entitlement. That's where we're living today. People feel like they're entitled, and you put whatever it is that they're entitled to, fill in the blank right there, as opposed to people being grateful. The cure for entitlement is thanksgiving. And and really, a lot of times, people think that God owes them something. That's not true, is it? So then, one way that I can love God is express my thanksgiving with just, just full of gratitude. Now, now, I want to take you somewhere in the scripture where you might not have ever caught this, but I want to take you to the life of Jesus. I want to show you what this looks like from a couple of different angles. One, what it, what it looks like, what we should do, and then I want you to feel the weight of what it looks like to the Lord when we don't do it. Let's go to Luke chapter 17. If you've got a copy of God's Word, you can turn there. If you're in the New Testament, just kind of go there. Matthew, Mark, and then you'll find Luke. Luke chapter 17. This is probably some familiar verses. It's going to be on the screen behind us, but I always encourage you to try to bring a hard copy of God's Word. There's just something about that. I can't explain it to you. I just know it happens. 
Luke chapter 17. I'm going to turn in my Bible just so I'm, I'm reading along with you. I got it right here, but I want to model it for you. The Bible says, while he, meaning Jesus, okay, was on his way to Jerusalem, he was passing between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, how many leprous men? How many, church? Okay, that's important for us to notice. Ten, what kind of men were they? Okay, ten leprous men who stood at a distance to meet him. Why were they at a distance? Because they were lepers and they couldn't. The only thing they could do would take their, their limbs that were falling off and just clap them together when somebody would come and say, leper, 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 to warn anybody to stay away. That, that's, there they were at a distance. This is interesting. And they raise their voices and they're saying, Jesus, Master, I don't know if you know what it's like to have leprosy, but it's basically your body just rots itself and your body parts just begin to fall off. If I was a leper, I would probably call out to Jesus something too. Have mercy on me. Wouldn't you think that would be a good thing to pray? And when he saw them, that's, that's interesting. Pay attention there. He said to them, go and show yourself to the priest. And as they were going, what happened? <laughs> this is crazy to me. You got to think, though, for a moment, they're like, he's telling us to go to the place that we can't go. We know we can't go to the temple. We, we can't go in there. So why is he telling us to go to the temple? We're lepers. We can't get anywhere near the place. Then as they're going, can you just imagine? I mean, let's just pretend one of them's name's Todd and the other one's name's Bill. Dude, bro, you, you got an arm. Bill, last time I looked, man, your face was, was rotting. Dude, you've got a beard. Bro, what is up? Can you just imagine what's going on as they're going to the temple? This is crazy. They're just they're being cleansed and healed as they walk. And then Jesus picks up and he says, Now one of them. How many were there to begin with? Now, how many are we talking about? When he saw that he had been healed, what did he do? He turned back and glorified God with what kind of voice? And then he fell on his face at his feet and he did what? He gave thanks to him. And here's the mind-blowing fact. And he was what? Not only was he a leper, but he was the worst kind of leper. He was a Samaritan because the Jews and the Samaritans, you know the story there. Then Jesus answered, now I want you to hear this. I'm going to lead you a little bit. Listen to this. Were there not ten cleansed? But the nine. Are they? Was no one found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, You can stand up and go because your faith 
has made you well. Notice a couple of things there. There was this merciful miracle that, that 10 lepers were there. All 10 were healed. Nine were Jews and one was a Samaritan, but only one of them came back to express things. Sometimes we miss the forest for the trees here. What I want you to notice here is this is not just about a leper being healed. This is also about your Savior disclosing to you that he's a man acquainted with griefs and sorrows. That this Jesus in his brokenness, in his disappointment, in his sadness, in his feeling of maybe being taken advantage of, of his looking at the ungratitude of people for what he does, speaks with a broken heart and says, were there not ten that were cleansed? Where are the other nine? Do you hear your Savior's broken heart there? I mean, sure, we, we all have excuses. We, we all, maybe, maybe their schedule was full. Maybe they just couldn't find time to give God thanks. Maybe they were just insensitive. Maybe they were just disrespectful. Maybe they were calloused, so self-consumed with their lives that they couldn't express thanksgiving. Maybe they just were so self-centered, they thought they deserved it. I don't really know. But I want to bring you right here into this moment as music begins to play in the background. I want you to begin to think with me about something that's going on here. I want you in your heart of hearts right now to really think about what Jesus must have been feeling in that moment. What was your Savior thinking and feeling when he saw nine people that couldn't turn around to give him thanks for doing something that unless he did it they would rot and die what does that do to his heart what's Jesus feeling and thinking in this moment don't miss it go with me here maybe he feels used feels taken advantage of. Maybe yet his heart is just broken. Let's press in a little more. Now what does it do to your heart to know that Jesus may have experienced that kind of pain? What does that do to you? To know that Jesus was that sorrowed because somebody was ungrateful. And what I want you to do right now in this moment is I want you to go and tell Jesus what now you feel because of how he felt. I want you to minister to his heart. See, if you'd have been there that day, and you'd have watched that, I know if you loved him, you would have went over to him and said, Jesus, I'm so sorry but yet you were taking advantage of it. You would have done that, so why not do it now? He is the same yesterday, today, and forever.
he still remembers would you go to him right now and just love him and tell him what you feel about how he must have felt good right now sorry that you experienced that kind of pain. Now let's dig down just a little deeper, can we? Let's ask ourselves this question. Has Jesus done anything for you that you have failed to give him thanks for? Have you just been so quick with your life that you've forgotten to fall down on your knees and to give him thanks? So maybe you want to go before him right now and you want to say, thank you, Jesus, for. What is it in your heart right now that you need to give him thanks for? What is it right now in your life that you could possibly just go before him and say, Lord, thank you for, would you do that right now? Would you just move in and make sure, listen to me, make sure you're not one of the nine. Jesus, if anybody is going to be the one who comes back to give you thanks, it's going to be me. Maybe it's for your health. Maybe it's for your family. Could have been that prayer that he answered last week. Secondly, we, we say it like this. 
after I've given thanks to the Lord, then appreciation flows from my heart to one another. Appreciation flows from my heart. As, as we experience this vertical downpour of love from the Lord and loving Him, then it flows out horizontally in relationships with other people. And as you deepen in your appreciation and spending time giving thanks to the Lord, as you do that, you will be able to go deeper in your appreciation of other people. Just trust me on that. As we express our appreciation to the Lord, as we express it to him, it expands an appreciation for other people. 1 Corinthians 11.2, Paul says this. He says, now I praise you. That's appreciation. Now I praise you because you remember me in everything. And hold firmly to the traditions, just as I hand them down, that passage, Paul provides us with a helpful model of this approach of appreciation. As you remember through our study, that church was plagued by, by numerous problems. There were factions and sexual immorality and drunkenness even during the Lord's Supper. Yet Paul pauses in the midst of all of that in order to do what? To say thank you and express his appreciation. There are many places in the New Testament we see this going on. Here are just a few, okay? Romans 1.8. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you. <laughs> Paul expresses appreciation, recognizing their impact of faith throughout the world. 2 Corinthians 11.1, rather. While you join in helping us by your prayers, then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gift that has come to us through the prayers of many. Paul's giving praise and thanksgiving to people for praying for him. 2 Thessalonians 2, 13 and 14, but we must always thank God for you, brothers, loved by the Lord. Romans 16, 3 and 4, last one. Give my greetings to Prisca and Aquila, my co-workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their necks for my life. Not only do I thank them, but so do also the Gentile churches. Do you see? Here's what I know. As I experience and express my appreciation to the Lord for his mercy in my life, I thereby am enabled to express appreciation to others in my life. A heart of appreciation is really an expression of a heart that's been changed and loved by God. So appreciation begins in my heart to the Lord, and then it flows from my heart to one another. And then lastly, very quickly, appreciation transforms relationships with one another. Appreciation then begins to transform my relationship with others. You see, Jesus promised us something in John 10.10, the last part of that verse. He says, but I came, what did he say, church? He says, I came that they may have life and have it what? Abundantly. If that's Jesus' promise, then how can we experience the abundant life in relationships when we just simply do the book? And when we do the book, part of that is just meeting one another's needs. This morning, we're talking about the need of appreciation. So then how might God use you to meet somebody else's need for appreciation? Very, very simply, here are a couple of things. Make it a point to praise people verbally. Make it a point. When somebody does something, performs a positive deed, makes a significant contribution, somebody tries really hard, make sure you verbally tell them so. 
Such verbal praise is often more effective when giving publicly. Second thing, focus on things that people do right, not just on the things they do wrong. Ephesians 4.29, look at this powerful verse. It says, let no unwholesome word come out of your mouth, but only such a word is good for edification according to the need of the moment so that it will give grace to those who hear. Did you hear that? So that it will give grace means not giving a person what they deserve, but what they need. So my mouth should be more about giving people what they need than what they deserve. You know this, your spouse, your children, your employees, your friends almost are certainly more effective by positive appreciation than they are negative criticism. As a spouse, we can sometimes focus on the negative traits and what they don't do rather than the positive things and what they do do. (laughs) I know I said that. As a parent, we at times fail in appreciating our children. So I'm just wanting to just, just help you. Can you, listen to me, as a parent, can you try to shift to try to find what your kids are doing right than what they're doing wrong? Can you just make that and then tell them that you appreciate that in them? Thirdly, generously give physical tokens of appreciation to acknowledge one another. I've tried to model this for you this morning. Because, <laughs> Peggy, I want you to know we are grateful for you. It could be tokens such as cards or trophies or plaques or special gifts. It could be a text, a phone call, a Facebook message, an Instagram post, a TikTok in their honor, if you will. So then let's land the plane this morning. Some music will begin to play here in the background in just a few moments. And as it begins to play, I'm going to give you some time and some space to go before the Lord and ask a really big question. wonder right now, would you, after you hear me explain some things to you, would you go before the Lord and ask this one question? Lord, who in my life right now needs more appreciation. Lord, who is it? Last week we prayed who, Lord, needs more approval and we claimed the promise that if we ask anything according to his will, we would have. This week I want us to claim the promise that's found in 1 Samuel that, that when Samuel went before and he heard the Lord, he said, speak, Lord, for your what? Your servant is listening. I believe God's still speaking, don't you? I believe he's still. When you say, Lord, are you, are you speaking? Do you believe in your heart that God wants somebody who's not feeling appreciated to be appreciated? Do you believe that? I do. And guess how he's going to do that? He's going to do that through you. So right now, would you just do that? Would you just go before the Lord right now and just say, Lord, speak to me. Your servant is listening. Who is it that I need to express appreciation to? Just just go before the Lord right now and ask that. Who is that? Would you pray and ask him? And I believe he's going to show you.
Lord, show us today. Lord, show me today. God has spoken to you that he's put a face in your mind that he's put a name in your ear and this next part that we're going to do to begin to close the service and then in just a moment our band's going to come back up and, and we'll move into our time of invitation but, but this part next part listen don't get confused it may be the same person or it may be somebody different but I'm wondering right now is there somebody in this room that you could express appreciation to? So here in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to stand up. And maybe if you're like, man, I don't know the person beside me. Well, then I'm going to give you some, some cool thing here. I want you to tell somebody. I want you to use this skill. I want you to practice this. And I want you to say to somebody in the room, somebody if you don't know them and you don't even know that they come to the church then you can just say hey, I really appreciate that you were here this morning bam it's just that easy but for others of you maybe this is something you need to do this morning maybe it's the person right beside you but it's up here on the screen I am grateful for how you or I'm thankful that you or as a typo I appreciate the way you because I'll guarantee you they need to hear it so maybe it's somebody there but maybe it's somebody you don't know if it's somebody you don't know say hey, just I thank you for being here this morning I really appreciate that you would take the time to come that's, that's cool so would you stand right now and find maybe one of those things and then watch when the other person says, hey, I'm grateful for how you, all your words are is, I receive that. I receive that. Let's do that right now, would you? Speak to somebody, tell them. band and that team of singers would make their way up here as you're continuing to share that exercise please don't stop I'm just getting my team up here
that feel good? Is that needed? You know what we just did, church? We just did the book. This is that. That's what this is. This is what it means not to be just hearers, but what? Doers. Yeah, that's what it looks like, church. And guess what you get to do? You get to do this all day long. Because I believe that some of the people the Lord laid on your heart wasn't in in here. (laughs) So now what I want to curious if we could do, man, we're just going to do this. It's going to be a different way to do invitation after we're done singing this song justin's going to come up here and dismiss you but but as a way of invitation today i wonder could we all just sing this song but sing it really loud to the lord god you are so good that he wouldn't leave us in our leprosy That he wouldn't leave us in our disease called sin that would surely kill us. That he would have compassion on us and just speak a word over our hearts that any who would trust him for the forgiveness of their sins, anybody that would just come to Jesus and say, Jesus, have mercy on me, would find the moment they say that, they too would walk and realize that they too have been cleansed. Can we just give God praise for that? And if you don't know of that today, would you come grab me by the hand and let me introduce you to King Jesus while we sing this song?